Hola, mi nombre es Patricia Abreu y esto es El Arte del Amor Propio, un espacio donde iremos descubriendo la obra maestra que tú eres y el arte de amarte cada día más para vivir la vida que hoy sueñas. Acompáñame en tu journey de amor propio. Hello, everybody, to another episode of The Art of Self-Love. I am so happy to be here, and for this occasion, I have a beautiful guest. Her name is Miriam Jano, and she's connecting with us all the way from Canada. As you guys know, I'm in the Dominican Republic, and she's a nutritionist. She, in what she does, she's always trying to inspire and to help women to not only follow a nutritious path for themselves in terms of food, but also in their spiritual life, in their spiritual aspect of their lives. Miriam, thank you for joining us. Thank you for being here. I am so excited to have this conversation with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I think uh, it's a wonderful work that you're doing and to try to get as much of this message out there to as many, many women and people and absolutely men too as well who need to hear this message so we know exactly what's going on and how we're evolving and how can we get back to the origins of our true nutrition and yeah, nourishment. For sure. <laughs> for sure. It's been definitely a subject for myself my own healing journey, healing my relationship with food. So this topic today hits home on so many levels. So again, thank you for being here. Mm-hmm. Miriam, as a nutritionist that you've, you know, you've had your journey, you've worked with so many clients, what has been the most important lesson that you've learned so far? <laughs> That, um, wow, that's a big question. Um, And there's so many elements to it, right? Because I've been doing this for over 20 years. And I would say that the one thing that I've learned is that food is the one relationship you will have every single day of your life that. Uh, is based on what emotions you're feeling. So you will never have a relationship like this with your husband, your partner, your children, anybody, except with food where you're actually just not having a relationship, but you're having to make decisions continuously based on how you feel multiple times a day. So it starts with how you wake up in the morning to how you want your day to look like to how is your coping mechanism and if you're going to use food as nourishment or are you going to use it as an ally or a vice to really just get back to your frustrations or there's so many aspects so what I have learned is that food has a huge huge um, healing power but it can also be very destructive and there is so many messages so it's all the message I guess or to answer your question is that we need to know 
um, how to use food as an ally because unfortunately we cannot run away from it. It is used in celebrations. It is used in, in weddings. It is used in funerals. It is used in birthdays. It, it is used when you just want to get together with someone for coffee. And so we have to really hone in where am I with that relationship with myself, with food, and how am I going to use that in my everyday life? That is so interesting because that's exactly what my journey has been. I've been resisting. I resisted food for so long. I don't know if you know this, but I trained as a dancer my whole life. I grew up as a dancer. And so for me, food was like synonym of you're getting fat when really it should have been taught as food as your fuel. And, you know, for, as a teenager growing up, it was like, it was very toxic. I have, I, I've been able to heal through time, but it was in my early 20s and mid 20s now that I've realized how that has had a negative effect on me, how, you know, eating disorders have shown up just because it's not healthy the way that I've, I was taught to look at food. And I feel like with social media and with everything that, you know, we're bombarded with in the everyday, especially women, that we need to look a certain way, that we need to fit a certain size, you know, it's just, it's a lot of pressure. And what happens is that when we stand up responsibly for our food, we just end up following a trend. Oh, we're vegetarians now or we're vegans now. You know, I'm eating this, I'm eating that, but we're not really being mindful of if, if that is nourishing our body, if that is truly what our body needs. And that is what I love the most about when we connected, you know, you were like, no, there's so much more to that element. And the invitation that I always bring to my audience, every time that they listen to an episode is to think, you know, is, is this working for you? What are you, why are you doing it? Are you following this diet because somebody told you or are you following it because it actually makes you feel good? Am I right? How do you work with your clients in terms of that? I think really, I mean, you hit it right on the nail, Patricia. I, I think really, truly, no one knows what you, no one knows really and truly what is the truth and not just the truth but the alignment in your heart in your body no one can tell you what feels right for you but you so we really can only it's a relationship between you and your body and it's based on your emotions and it's based on your food and and, and yourself in what your body needs. And there is this dialogue that happens between both of them. And the thing is, is that depending how your emotions are is where your body's going to go. And you would know this as a dancer and, and wherever your body is, your, emo your emotions follow. So it's, it's very much like, I like to call it actually, um, uh, um de tango. it's like a dance. It's like of, tango. Of I, you, I, I say that a lot too. <laughs> exactly because where one goes the other follows 
And so what starts happening is this gap that is in between with all the information, like you said, social media, patriarchy. We've been told that, you know, you're supposed to have a baby. You're supposed to literally come out of the hospital after being nine months, completely incubating this, 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 this child, this human being in your body. You're supposed to come out exactly with your genes on and in no time look like you're back again, back at work. We're supposed to have this menstrual cycle that no one tells us to honor and to really understand that there's a gamma of chemical uh, situations, physiological that are happening in our body that don't allow us not only emotionally, but physically to perform the same way when we are in our follicular phase. So, but many women can even say, well, what's the follicular phase, right? Well, that's the first half of your cycle, which is so different than the second half of your cycle. Well, your body asks for different foods during this time. And, and so when we start restricting, when we start cutting out, when we start doing because this is what we're feeling the message is by society, this is when we start to have to um, really disown ourselves mm-hmm. and we start leaving pieces of ourselves behind mm-hmm. as we follow these rules of, okay, I can't eat this because I'm going to be absolutely feeling fat tomorrow and I have I have a party to go to. I have to fit in that black little perfect dress. I have a performance. I have uh, my sister-in-law is going to be there. She's going to see me. She's going to criticize me. I mean, the the, the list just goes on and on and on. I'm not going to find the perfect person. I am not going to get, I'm not going to look right for that interview. And it's all these, all these messages of I am not enough. Mm -hmm. And it's all based down to as a, as a woman, as a person, I am not enough. Mm -hmm. And so when we are not enough, then we obviously are going to take a step back when we've had enough and we're going to go back to what we do know, which is to find comfort Mm -hmm. in food. Mm -hmm. The question is, is how are we going to use that? Are we going to use it as a means of, of nourishment, as a means of to soothe our frustrations, as a means to really take it out on with tons of anger? Because let's not forget the people who completely stop eating. There's the overeaters. There's the, pe- the under eaters. There's the people who restrict. There's the people who just don't mm-hmm. eat at all. Mm-hmm. And it's and they cut themselves out of that lifeline because they can't take the pain that comes with it. So when a woman usually to comes to me, which mostly most women for the, for these two decades I've worked with women, they initially come to me with a problem, right? It's always like the case. That's what makes my job so interesting. And I always usually have a woman with inflammation. It could be period pain. It could be she's got endometriosis. She could have anything from arthritis, colitis. Uh, now that I'm older, she could be in menopause. Mm-hmm. It could be a woman who just wants to lose weight. It could be a woman who has cancer and just doesn't know yeah. what to eat. So, and she's getting all these conflicting messages. So usually I see a person when she's hit rock bottom, when she can't take the pain anymore. 
And, and it's back again to that whole thing. How can we connect what your body is saying before I give you the plan, the plan that is going to work for you? Because let's not forget, Patricia, that this is a $73 billion industry of just diets alone. $73 billion a year just in North America alone, where the victim of all of this mostly is women. With a quick sale on I promise you happiness. I promise you you're going to lose weight. I promise you the North Star. I promise you that you're going to achieve all your dreams, but just buy my new shake. Buy my new I promise you perfection. I promise you perfection as long as you do this next thing, right? Yes. So it's hopping on trends endlessly. And then that's why we don't find what actually works for us. Exactly. Because the main, the, the, the missing piece, the main piece of this entire thing is, well, how can you follow a plan if you don't even know how your body works? Hmm. Oof. So, yeah. so someone is going to give you a plan to tell you how your body works until you find out that, guess what? That wasn't the plan until you're on to the next thing again. And And that sense of failure, oh, overtakes us completely. And we're back to square one. And that feeling of loneliness, I'm not enough, just keeps feeding and getting bigger and bigger and bigger until we really start losing hope. Mm. And really, so much of this could be avoided if, again, and, and, and to some degree, I don't blame, I don't blame certain. I, I don't blame patriarchy. I don't blame uh, women. I don't blame your job. I don't blame your parents. Although all of those play a huge, huge part in the story. It's also the industry. Patricia, there is foods, foods that are out there that don't have one single, single God-given ingredient that they're completely, completely chemical. Let's try, for example, Doritos. Doritos or Oreo cookies. I mean, they're giving that stuff at nursing homes. They're giving that stuff at, at uh, daycares, not nursing home daycares. <laughs> so these foods are completely, have you noticed? Have you noticed that you open up a bag of chips and you'll start at one, two, but you won't stop until you get to the bottom. Yeah. And there is really, truly a, a perfect combination where they have gotten fat, they have gotten salt, they have gotten sugar, and they've gotten right to your hypothalamus and exactly that pleasure place to really, really make you addicted to that sensation of eating and not stopping until you get to the bottom of the bag and you go and you buy another bag and another bag. Yeah. So it's an so addictive cycle. And that's well, what it has Yeah, sorry. It's been designed. The mm -hmm. food has been designed. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Because for me, I became a vegetarian when it was, I started my journey 2017 and I tried it for a month. I was like, I don't even know if this is going to work, but I just, I want to try it out. And the reason why it worked for me was because I was able to battle exactly what you're describing right now. So the moment I decided 
to start exploring what a vegetarian diet means, I realized that it wasn't about necessarily the food or the lack of meat in my diet. It was just that I was being invited to challenge every option of food that was that I was going to eat. So because I couldn't eat meat, everything has meat, like burgers have meat, tacos have meat, you know, essentially every fast food has meat. And for me, it was a conscious practice that I started doing for the first time to actually ask myself, one, what do I want to eat? And two, is this actually going to nourish me just because I'm not, you know, I'm not receiving that animal protein that I'm used to giving to my body? How am I going to compensate to make sure that I have a balanced plate that, you know, it, it feels good for me to eat, but that I also enjoy it? And what I realized at the end of that month was that not only was I feeling better, but I knew that for me, that's what meant, like, that was the path for me to heal my relationship with food, to be able to actually become more conscious. And that's what I'm hearing you say, you know, as long as you become more aware that you're asking yourself the right questions and you realize how the foods that they sell you are going to be always addictive, are going to bring you back to that hamster heel, endless cycle where you're going to be dependent on it, especially fast foods that they are meant to become addictive. You know, you're not going to have the power to choose better for yourself. You're not going to be able to have the power to actually not have a diet, but like have a lifestyle, create a lifestyle that works for you. And we're talking about food as much as even how you prepare the meal to the things that you do in the everyday, you know, are you nourishing your body? Are you nourishing your mind? Are you nourishing your soul? And that alignment of all three, the importance of seeing how they all connect. And, you know, it, it, that conversation is so profound because as you've been saying, it's different for every person. They're mm -hmm. in their own journey. And I love the fact that you as an expert, as a nutritionist, you know, you're hired from your clients to get that, to, to give that guidance. And what I love is that we don't get, or at least I haven't experienced that from experts that say, you know what, I go by the client. I allow myself to be guided by the client because the client and the client's body is who knows best. And you're not there to like tell them, this is what you need to do. No, you're there to allow them to reconnect, to look within, to align themselves in order to be able to try something different and then decide with a newfound foundation of what actually feels good, what their body needs, what they actually deserve, and what's going to be nourishing for their body and for their soul. I love hearing you say that. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's true. It's true. Um, I think that any when you're working with um, anybody for that matter, I mean, depending on what their lifestyle and their life looks like, you have to really take that into consideration. Of course, there are certain things that are going to be offenders, aggravators, huge, and they will literally assault your immune system. And you will, depending on where, especially if you're already coming with an autoimmune disease, which we're having more and more of these, and we're hearing more and more people getting 
tons of diseases like we've never ever heard of before i mean um when i was a kid you would hear once in a while someone having cancer and this is just a common thing now and it's not like people at a certain age are getting it or in certain age group it is at every decade from teenagers in their 20s to 30s. I mean, I just had a girlfriend died of 46 years old, leaving two young kids under the age of 10 just a few months ago. So we we are faced with, with our own mortality. But when we do come um, in with this awareness, and I call it always a divine intervention, because I always say when someone gets sick, or someone has a huge, huge, could it could be a business, the loss of a job. It could be a number of things that could happen in their lives. I always, always say this is a divine intervention. It is the time to really reassess everything. You're really getting a second opportunity to take a look at everything. But let's take, for example, an average woman which right now I'm working with and she has a very high executive job. She's now starting to realize that every single period she's getting, she's not only in so much pain, but she's over bleeding to the point that she has to, has to cancel certain meetings. So it's now starting to affect her everyday life. Her patience is running short with her partner and also her children. And she can see that, but as she is going up the uh, corporate ladder, more demands, more demands. On her time off, the way she's coping with is alcohol. And she needs to have at least three glasses every night to cope with that. Well, we all, as a nutritionist, I know that alcohol, I mean, we all know to some degree that alcohol in excess is not good for us. But what happens with alcohol is alcohol is estrogenic. So it's actually giving her extra estrogen and not the kind of estrogen, the good kind of estrogen that we want in our bodies. So it's really putting her body in chaos. Mm. So when you're working with someone like that, you really have to start talking about certain things. But the answer is not to eliminate alcohol completely because then what's her coping mechanism? Mm So we have to look at the entire, entire person as a whole, mind, body, and spirit. And then only then can we start picking the pieces and kind of regaining them back and calling them and recalling them and bringing them back to our whole center until we're really truly ready to not use food as an addiction, to not use alcohol as an addiction, to not use I am not enough as an addiction and finally get to a place where we can make peace with ourselves and our bodies. Yeah, for sure. So, Miriam, you just said something that resonated very well for me because the moment I started talking about self-love on social media, that's the first thing I said. The importance of learning how to honor yourself, but the way that you start doing that is by honoring and recognizing that you are body, mind, and soul. And that self-love practice in your journey every day looks like how you honor each and every aspect of who you are. And it's amazing how you're able to connect the lifestyle, nutrition with, you know, the life that we're living with the society and you put it all together so beautifully for today's woman. 
And you're talking about an older woman that, you know, is facing challenges that has been told that she needs to get up every single day, doesn't matter how she feels. And for me as a younger one, to be more, a little bit more connected than what I'm used to seeing with, you know, my friends and, and, and the women around me, I feel like I've been privileged and honored to be able to actually say that I've learned how not to fall into that trap. I've learned how to recognize when I've had to honor my divine feminine, to honor my divine masculine, to honor my body, mind, and soul, to be able to actually look at myself. And you were talking about coping mechanisms. As a coach, for me, those are fascinating because at the end of the day, everybody has their own coping mechanisms, but it's just like, what are yours and what are the prices that you're paying for yours? And you were talking about alcohol, for example. And how can you support a woman that wants to create changes in her own life where she doesn't feel like she's less than, but that she's able to realize that she deserves more, that she deserves more than to just like arrive at night and have three glasses of wine because of what it does to her body. So it's interesting to see and hear you talk about this because it's definitely a journey from that woman that is there to the woman that we know that she deserves to be, which is, you know, that aligned, divine, beautiful, connected woman that is a mother to herself, to her, the, her kids, to her whole family, that is to nurture, to guide, and to continue working, you know, in creating the life of her dreams, to creating her dreams and, having, and seeing them come true. But it's that balance that is sometimes very difficult for us to actually be able to challenge in society, to be able to say, you know what, like, I don't want to follow that path. It doesn't feel right for me. This is what I'm going to do and be able to actually do it in a more conscious and mindful way. And rounding it back to food, it's incredible how when you start in food and you start in, in what you eat and how you connect with all of these elements, and you were talking earlier as well with the connection with our emotions. And that's my next question. How are they really um, integrated? How are they really related to one another? Well, I um, emotions play a huge part on, on what kind of food we also choose. Mm. Um, in... The thing is, is first of all, we need to look, let's start maybe answering this question the other way. Food has emotions. Food, um, no, that's not true. Food does not have emotions. Food it has energy. can be emotions, but <laughs> food have they have energies. Uh -huh. So some energies are cooling, other energies are warming, and those energies trigger emotions when we eat them. And so there's a reason why, for example, we look for chocolate. And I think, and I know that I'm speaking for the majority of women, that there is a time in our cycle that chocolate becomes really, really a food of, of choice because we are looking for that warmth. We're looking for that comfort. And um, if you pay close attention, it's, it seems to happen always at the certain time of the month, which... Um, 
it happens usually in our luteal phase and our last 14 days as we are prepping for that time where we just want to cocoon in and that introspect and we just want to calm down and we just want to let let and let be and just let me just really truly be and so when we need that comfort and when we're looking for that chocolate becomes a huge huge player in our well-being well it turns out that chocolate has not only is it a superfood and it's incredibly high in antioxidants, but it also has magnesium in it, but it also releases GABA. And GABA is one of those hormones that are feel good hormones that we actually need to feel that we're being loved and embraced. And so that's why chocolate ha- comes along with that connotation of love and we have it during Valentine's and it's that makes roses a lot of and chocolates <laughs> and sex and aphrodisiac and there's all these things. But at the end of the day, that's not what we're looking for when we want that chocolate in that last half. What we're looking for is love. What we're looking for is comfort. What we're looking for us to feel that hormone that really is making us feel safe and good and so when we start understanding that that is important then you don't demonize chocolate Mm -hmm. because you now understand but in order to know that you need to be in touch and you need to have that embodiment Mm -hmm. and the word embodiment is beautiful because Frankly, Patricia, as Latina women, I've had a very, very difficult time finding the word embodiment because there is not a word mm. that that translates perfectly in embodiment. You have to go off on a tangent to explain yeah. what embodiment is. And, and, and isn't that fascinating for a language that is so romantic and that you know, we we have so much love in our language when it comes to poetry and music and describing love. There is not a word for embodiment. So uh, women have to come to that embodiment. The second that I think and that I use too much my head and I'm thinking, OK, how many calories does something have? How many how much fat? How many grams of fat? How many carbohydrates? You really are disowning yourself and you're disowning food you're really taking away your power and so we have to wheel back and give ourselves that that understanding of what our body is asking for and what our body needs because you will the more that you feel and you understand what your emotions are, the more you will understand why you're choosing certain foods. You'll understand why is it that you want a cup of soup, of uh, butternut squash soup? Why is it that you want to crunch on, 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 on celery sticks and carrots uh, with some hummus? You will understand what is going on. You will understand why, for example, you really feel like having uh, French fries with tons of salt in it or why do you want to have a bag of chips that is salt and vinegar because you're feeling that frustration because maybe as a matter of fact from a physiological point of view when you're very stressed your adrenals ask for salt it uses up the entire salt in your body so you in order to calm down we're looking for that yeah i did see something else though in that conversation you just brought up particularly for me 
it's very stressful to think about the food. Like, to think about my meals. Honestly, I am still in my journey and I'm going to be honest about it. And this is where I'm at right now. I wish I didn't have to eat food to live. That's how bad and challenging it is for me. And that's why I wanted to have this conversation because I know I must not be the only one. I know I'm in the bare minimum in the world that says, you know, I would rather eat and live without food. But for me, it's, it's a sentiment of stress. And now that you brought that up, what I was able to see the cycle in myself, at least, was, you know, I'm dealing with all of these things in my daily life. Sometimes I just want an easy fix. I just want an easy, accessible food. And that's the convenience of fast foods, right? And then I just, I go buy the fast food. I disconnect. I didn't really nourish my body. I end up feeling bad. And then it's like a whole cycle that repeats itself unless you're brave enough to actually break it. The difference for me has been, though, that because I've been in this journey, I've been able to learn from that. I've been able to sit with my emotions. I've, you know, you're putting into words a lot of things that I've intuitively done in the past couple of years. But still, you know, it's not everybody that's in the in the journey as conscious maybe as I've been. And one of my mom's best friends is a nutritionist as well. So I've also had her close to guide me a little bit. She's not as holistic as you. She doesn't have the same wisdom as you and, you know, with the spiritual part and, and how important it is for you to listen to your body. But at least I haven't been alone in, in the sense of, you know, what, choo- what food, foods to choose, um, uh, how to come, com- you know, combine, sorry, how to combine uh, foods and how to create that balance for myself. And it's just, it's hard. It, it, it's, it's hard to face your emotions it's hard to sit with your body it's hard to look at your traumas it's hard to look at your insufficiency it's hard to look at your limiting beliefs about your body about yourself about what you've been told what you've been taught and to just start redefining that to know that you know i know it's in my power but it's it's a journey back it's a journey back within it's a journey back of recognition it's a journey of re- realizing that even though society will never validate me for who i am and for how i look i need to do that myself and that has been one of the pillars of my journey really because also as a dancer i was never skinny enough and you can literally sometimes count Las costillas, you can literally just count the bones of my body. And it's terrifying to look at pictures when I was 14 year old thinking that I was fat at the moment and how that plays a role in self-esteem and how that played a role in how I became a woman as well later on. The conversations I held with myself, for myself, in relations to men, in relation to society. It's just, it's a whole topic. But at least we're having the conversation and just by being here, I know that we can support so many women that maybe have felt lonely in their own paths that have felt lonely in their own journeys and that haven't known how to start. And now they have you, they're listening to your wisdom, to your experience. And hopefully, you know, I, I, either I hope that they reach out to you, that they connect with you on social media 
or at least that they receive the validation that, you know, their higher self knows better and that they've been wanting to be guided and, and to move forward and to choose better and to start choosing better because that's what it's about at the end of the day. It's, you know, look at what has been working. Where can you improve? Where can you make a different decision starting now? That has been your journey. Honor it. But now, you know, you can choose better. You can heal you can open up the path for yourself again to reconnect to go within to go into that alignment mind body and soul and truly be able to to connect to who you truly are you know and it's it's a really deep converse conversation mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it is it is but I, I, as deep as it is i think that you really truly come home when you finally are conscious and aware of it And it's a forever conversation that will just keep continuing and continuing. And as you come, as you become more conscious of it, you start embodying and coming back home to yourself. And as you do, it no longer becomes a question of, oh my goodness, now the experts are saying strawberries are good today, <laughs> but tomorrow they're not good they're unhealthy for yeah. you so you will come to a place where you truly actually can understand well let's forget the experts you know how do i feel let me have a strawberry let me see how i feel yeah and when we start feeling and when we start becoming in tune with what am i eating why am i eating it and when am i eating it And just asking those three basic questions, then we come back to what the reason why our company and the reason why I always decided to call myself Divine Renewal. And Divine Renewal was exactly that. It was the renewal of the divinity of you to remember, to reconnect and to the, reclaim the essence of you. I love and that. the second we do that, we become one again within ourselves. I love that. And that is a self-love journey. You know, it's self-love is so much more than just the facials and, you know, everything else that we see on social media. So thank you for bringing forth this conversation because it's truly very meaningful. I have one last question before we do the final five, which is for me as a young woman that I've been on my journey and I want to continue deepening my in, into my self-knowledge into my own self-love journey what would you recommend or what is your advice with all the wisdom that you have what what is that advice that you would give mm. us I when I look at my life I try not to look at it with regret and I try to look at the things that really as a woman who is now going to be some 48 years old, I really truly see that every challenge I have been, I have been able to turn it into a strength. And yes, have, if I put, if I did the five top things I would have, if I would have known better, if I would have known better, I would have never done. Maybe not too much alcohol, maybe not too much caffeine, maybe uh, not really, truly uh, doing detoxes was really big during my time. I remember, you know, all these juice detox, not realizing what I was causing was a hormonal chaos. And 
A fourth one would be, for example, sleep, honoring my sleep. Even if I wasn't tired, not really having to think that staying up until one or two o'clock in the morning was really, really, truly unnecessary. And I'll tell you why, Patricia, because to answer your question specifically, I think, and it's not that I think, I know so now at this stage of my life and working with so many women that I've worked with, that the body keeps score and the body does and will tell you. You remember that year that you had that you were so completely stressed and all you did was drink Red Bull and you partied all night and you made it through the day with just coffee and then you just did not even have breakfast or lunch, barely any dinner so you can continue partying that weekend? Well, guess what? And there it goes. You can almost hear it like a register. Ching, this is time to pay for it. And that's truly what starts happening. Your body starts truly asking for redemption. And in, I find that as we get older, oh, you honor your body or the, you honor it. Because this is why we have so many, many women and so many diseases and so many people. Please help me. Please help me. And of course, it's a cascade of events. People are medications. You said it yourself. I wish I didn't have to eat. I wish it was just one of those things that was solved for me. People want a quick, fast, easy solution. And unfortunately, we know that everything in life that requires, you know, tender love and care is is the way really, truly where the meaning of everything is, of any relationship. And so how we started off this conversation with food being a relationship and the one and only relationship, well, if we don't have that, and that's the number one thing that we need in order to feel our body and our emotions, then we just don't have a platform even to begin with. So I would say for a young woman like yourself, don't wait until you're 40, 45, 50, 60, where I literally see women that are no longer asking questions, but they're right out desperate. Mm -hmm. Give me help. Give me an answer. Help me get out of this feeling that I have in my body. And there is a tremendous amount of changes that do happen as women because we are hormonal. Mm -hmm. And because these hormones play a huge, huge role in our mental health, in our heart health, in our well-being, whether our teeth are going to stay there or not, whether our skin is going to look luscious, whether we're going to have hair or not. I mean, it is that critical how how important these messengers are to the health and well-being of our body so much in the inside as it is on the outside. And you can see this. You can see a woman who's later on in her life, in her 50s, 60s, whether she looks juicy and beautiful and just really alive, or she's really falling apart. Mm-hmm. because it will come the, the time will come where you just can't hide from that yeah. you know if someone looks well or if they don't and so that is what I would say the sooner we get and you jump on that 
you know, that wagon of health and well-being. And I mean this in the entire, entire sense of mind, emotion, spirit, and really, truly reconnecting and embodiment the sooner that you will be able to navigate just like the tides and the waves, the ease and the flows of life and really, really be able to handle it with grace and know that it's not what people are telling you as much as what your connection is with your body, what your body's informing you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's so powerful. Thank you, Miriam, for that. I hope that every woman, every person listening to this episode feels more inspired to connect with their bodies, to truly sit down with themselves and ask themselves, how are they leading their lives, starting with food, with that relationship with food? Thank you for that. So to end today's episode, which has been beautiful, um, I'm going to go ahead and you, the challenge is you need to answer in one word or one phrase, the max. And these are the final five. How would you sum up your journey so far? Adventurous. Adventurous. I like that. What has been your primary focus in your personal life? Growth. Beautiful. What is that piece of wisdom that you find yourself sharing constantly with your clients? Self-love. Self-love. I love that. What would you tell yourself from five years ago? Safe. You'll be safe. You'll be safe. Wow. Do you have a current life motto? Keep moving. Love it. Love it. Thank <laughs> you, Medium, again for being here. I am so honored, so thrilled to have had this, conversa this conversation. It's so enriching. It's so meaningful. And I hope to continue connecting with you because I know that this is just, a, it's just the beginning of everything that we're meant to learn in this journey with our relationship with food, our relationship with our bodies, and to really connect with who, with who we're meant to be. Thank you again to each and every one of you for connecting, for being here, and for continuing to honor your self-love journey. We'll see you in the next episode.